helpful. Um, I know that it's been a challenge for me, like, in, um, in a healthy way. Um, I've, like, legitimately been wanting to, like, plant trees in my yard now, <laughs> like, figuring out when the best time to do that, and thankfully it's spring, so who knows, maybe I'll have a whole new landscaping because of this series. <laughs> but, um, so getting into tonight, um, as kind of mentioned tonight that we'll be going through talking about compassion and Jonah but first I have to talk about this book it is amazing it is called the boy the mole the fox and the horse has anyone heard anything about this ever yeah who said yeah yes of course you have Abby it's so good so that is the this is the book you guys can feel free to like read this or whatever like borrow it color in it whatever I don't care it's so good um yeah, on Apple TV, which I'm not buying another thing. I'm not. I can't do it. I've got so many monthly fees already. Ugh. Anyways. So there's this scene in this book, and uh, there's a boy and a mole, right? And they come across this fox, and he's all tied up. He's in this snare. Like it's, you know, think of like a dog on a chain, um, like in the yard. And the mole wants to free this fox, but he's just really scared, right? <laughs> um, the mole comes over to the fox, and right as the mole gets like just like an inch away, the fox like lunges and like snaps at him. And he says, and the fox says, um, if I wasn't caught in this snare, I'd kill you. And the mole responds, he says, if you stay in that snare, you'll die. And in a moment of pure compassion, the mole frees the fox. He, like, bites through the tether that's keeping this fox in this snare. And knowing that there is, like, a huge risk, I mean, he literally said that he was going to kill him, and he's like, I'm going to set you free anyways. Um, so, like, the fox is set free, and the fox just scurries away. And so later on, the fox ends up, like, joining um, them on their journey, and he doesn't say much, but he's now with them, and, like, they're all friends. <laughs> And this is what compassion is. This is what compassion is. is. In a moment where, like, the prey releases a predator, like, compassion is shown. Uh, the mole chose to, like, risk his life and save the fox, like, without knowing what would happen. There was no promise. And even if there was, may or may not have been trustworthy. Who knows? And this was difficult to write. I'm actually struggling now. I'm getting through it. It's fine. Um, because I just don't know if we're very compassionate people. And that's for each of us to decide. That's for each of us to answer. But I'm just not sure. And it's a little unsettled in me. Like, I don't have, like, a definitive, like, we are compassionate. Like, it's really hard to say that, like, confidently, I guess. And I think that's why this is so hard. Um, so I'm just, like, struggling through that myself just to be authentic and open with you. Um, and I think we tend to extend compassion when it makes sense to us. Uh, we give compassion when it's on our terms. Uh, we give compassion when it's comfortable. And we forego compassion entirely, and instead we harbor like resentment and judgment <laughs> based on, I don't know, it's different for all of us. What we do is we're, res we're resisting holy compassion. And so tonight we'll be discovering what holy compassion looks like through uh, something as simple as a tree, right? Um, but of course, it's, it's a shade tree. 
Uh, we'll go through the story of Jonah a little bit, who, just throwing it out there, is not the best example we have of a prophet. <laughs> uh, but he's also, like, arguably the most successful, and we'll learn about that later as well. And um, then we'll jump ahead in some scripture, too, to find out uh, more about this holy compassion and, like, specifically a shade tree. So I want to take some time to uh, pray over this. Um, so if you want to go ahead and just, like, focus for a second. Uh, Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your people. Um, thank you for um, conviction. Thank you for questions. Uh, thank you for wrestling. And thank you for accepting that and welcoming it. Um, be with us. Amen. All right, so again, like people will joke and say Jonah's the worst because what happened is, and by the way, uh, the guys did a series on this on our Sunday mornings a few years ago, one or two years ago, and if you have the time, just listen to that whole thing. It's amazing. It's so good. Anyway, so like what happens in Jonah, uh, God calls him to this huge mission. Like it's a pretty big undertaking. Like he send, like God sends Jonah to the most vile place ever, Nineveh, uh, to teach and preach against the evil that's happening there. And so Jonah's response is he runs away, jumps on a boat, is thrown into the sea, swallowed by a big fish, is spat out, and God says, Jonah, go to Nineveh and give them my message. And Jonah does this, finally, and he warns them that if they don't turn away from their evil, they're going to be gone destroyed, donezo, 40 days later. And then, like, the best thing ever happens. Like, they mourned over their sin, they repented, and then they believed in God. Like, best case scenario is happening here. The city is spared, and the people continue to praise God. So then we have scripture, uh, Jonah 4. So that's, like, 1 through 3. Like, again, definitely listen to, like, to that series uh, somewhere on our website, I'm sure. Anyways, but uh, so this is what Jonah 4 says. So all this happens, and then Jonah 4. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. And he prayed to the Lord and said, Oh, Lord, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? That's why I made haste to flee to Tarshish, for I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, Do you do well to be angry? Jonah went out of the city and sat to the east of the city and made a booth for himself there. It's like his own like makeshift shade. Made a booth for himself there. He sat under it in the shade till he should see what would become of the city. So he was basically just like stopping and waiting, like all right, God, your turn. Let's see what happens. And now the Lord God appointed a plant and made it come up over Jonah that it might be a shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the plant so that it withered. When the sun rose, God appointed a scorching east wind, and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint. And he asked that he might die and said, It is better for me to die than to live. 
But God said to Jonah, do you do well to be angry for the plant? And he said, yes, I do well to be angry, angry enough to die. <laughs> and the Lord said, you pity the plant for which you did not labor, nor did you make it grow, which came into being in a night and perished in a night. And should I not pity Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left and also much cattle? So technically, like Jonah is a huge success. <laughs> like this ginormous city, they turn and they are for God now. Like, what a celebration, right? <laughs> so Jonah goes, he does his job with an absolute, like, crap attitude, but he still follows through, and he is essentially throwing a fit. It, like, I laughed a little bit because it reminds me of my three-year-old son that's like, Mom, you're not my best friend, and that's like, that is like, he may as well punch you in the face. That is like the worst insult that my son has, and like he really means it. He's like, Mom, you're not my best friend. And I'm like, okay, just trying to give you a snack, dude. <laughs> and so like Jonah's like kind of throwing a fit here, right? Not even kind of. He's throwing a fit. Like he's totally blinded by the judgment that's been eating away at his heart. Jonah is pouting because he so badly wants the city of Nineveh to just crumble and burn and get, to, and get what's coming to them. Jonah is taking the role of judge, where his task was simply to be a witness for God. And we've, we've talked about this book, like, this whole semester so far, Reforesting Faith, uh, Matthew, right? Yeah, Matthew Sleeth. Uh, and that's, this is what it says. The Bible tells us that we are to be a witness for God, not the judge, jury, or prosecutor. We see that in another Matthew story, uh, Matthew 7, 1 through 3. Do not judge, or you will be judged. For with the same judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the me measure you use, it will be measured to you. Which basically means like, okay, that's a pretty high standard that you're expecting everyone else to live, live to. You ought to be doing it too. <laughs> Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye but fail to notice the log in your own eye? I love this quote about judging others from Charles F. Glassman. Um, it kind of stings a little, if we're honest. Judging others is easy because it distracts us from the responsibility of judging ourselves. I think it's easy to judge others. I think it's probably often encouraged, honestly. Um, you gotta find your people. You gotta find those who give you life. You gotta, like, find your group, you gotta find your club, like, you gotta, and, I mean, some clubs, are like, they're, like, based entirely on, like, judging people, <sighs> anyways, like, like, this is the easier thing to do than dig down and seek forgiveness for yourself, than to have a conversation to heal a relationship with someone who's hurt you, especially with someone who's hurt you, it's very easy to judge, here's all the excuses in the world, right, wrong, it's hard work loving people. It's easy to judge, but at what cost? Jonah is so busy running from God and being wrapped up in his own judgmental, terrible attitude that he completely like, misses the glory and miraculous win that happened that day. Nineveh, one of the worst, most evil, most vile places on the map, repented and turned to God. And rather than celebrating and worshiping with the people, 
he hated, he just continued to hate. And the correct response uh, Jonah should have had is to share in that compassion that God showed for the people of Nineveh. God even said, why don't you pity these people? <laughs> like, there's so many people there who are figuring it out. Like, they don't even know the difference between, like, the right and left. Come on, Jonah. Like, why are you more upset about this tree that you didn't even work for? You had nothing to do with this tree, and you couldn't care less about these people. Like, let's put this in perspective here. <laughs> Jonah should have shared in that same holy compassion. And compassion can look like a lot of things. Um, I wish I had a concrete answer for you all that, uh, hey, you should do this, and you've nailed it. You've got compassion down. You did it. It looks different. <laughs> and I think that's another reason why tonight is so hard. It can look like a lot of things. It can look like a gift. It can look like forgiveness. But whatever it is, um, it comes from within. <clears throat> Uh, more on this idea about, like, compassion coming from within. I have had, like, the most amazing time in the Word recently. I, what I've been doing is, like, journaling through the Bible. I'm very early on. I don't have, like, a specific timeline. I don't have a checklist. I'm just taking my time and doing one chapter. And even if I feel like doing another one, I, I, I just don't. I, I just stop at one chapter. Super doable. Um... So the idea is just take it very, very slowly and listen. Um, so I started in Genesis. Uh, and so I was going through the story of Noah and the great flood. And one of the things about Noah, um, so in 6.5 it says, The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And so I'm not going to get in all of that. But, like, what stood out to me in that was, like, okay, heart. That's where it starts. Everything flows from that. There's other scripture that says so. Um, but our actions come from our intentions. Our intentions come from our thoughts. Our thoughts come from our hearts. And I think that's why we all tend to live in like this disconnect like we feel fragmented a lot of the time because this and this is not lining up and like you feel like you're being pulled apart right it's like this doesn't make sense like why can't I do this like like I know it I know it but I can't do it like this I need help <laughs> someone show me how like thank God that our hearts are capable of change Like, guys were designed this way, and it's on purpose. No one is beyond repair. None of you are beyond repair. None of you are beyond repair, I promise. No one is beyond reason. And no one is out of reach of God. Even the person that hurt you the most is not beyond the reach of God. Sometimes it all starts from a simple cover of a shade tree and fixing our hearts on the one above everything else. So, jumping forward in scripture a bit, Psalm 121 says this. Uh, this might sound familiar if you were part of our worship services last semester. Um, 
I'm going to pause in this. Like, feel free to, like, close your eyes or read or whatever. I, I, I don't know how you connect to scripture best, whatever. I don't care. I lift my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. And despite Jonah's genuinely awful attitude, God provided comfort and compassion. Despite my failure and sin, God provides comfort and compassion. Despite your sin against others, God provides comfort and compassion. We are given shade trees time and time again. God's love and compassion is not determined by whether or not you've been the perfect Christian. And, Nikhil, thank you so much for your story. <laughs> I'm also just really proud of you, so I'm, like, extra emotional about that. <laughs> I'm also just a crier. Um, <laughs> Like, it's, it's not based on whether or not you've been the perfect Christian. However, because of that love and compassion, we ought to be inspired to extend that same love and compassion. Jonah tried to make his own shade and failed. He tried to judge others and failed. God is the only one righteous enough to provide perfect judgment and perfect compassion, which is why he is the one we look to. <laughs> And so now I'm, I'm just begging you to let go of your judgments. I truly am. I, I see how it affects others. I see how it hurt others. Um, and if you've, and again, like if you're tempted to think, I've got this compassion thing down, Hannah, next. Like, look again. <laughs> and ask God to reveal what's truly there. Like, I know I've had to do that so many times, like too many times to count. I, I, I truly understand. And, uh, Ben said this a couple Sundays ago, like, we have an opening to bring people in, and that could literally mean, like, this building, but what he was saying in that message is that we can let people in on this whole Jesus thing. Like, we have an opening, so use it. Again, this is not easy to say. I'm probably going to, like, be up tonight and being like, (laughs) all right, God, it's yours now. It's already out there on YouTube and everything, but... I know, I know that this is what God's word says. Therefore, I know it is true. Loving others well is hard work, and we, we just can't do it on our own accord. We cannot do it by our own strength and our wisdom alone. And Adam said this past Sunday, like, guys, I work with the smartest people, seriously. Best job ever. So Adam said this past Sunday, like, ask yourself this. Have we let Jesus influence or affect us and our hearts Or are we indifferent to grace and truth? Have we let Jesus influence or affect us and our hearts, or are we indifferent to grace and truth? It's a question we all have to answer at some point. (laughs) May as well address it now. If you need help, let us know. We're here.
And I want to end with this verse, which is probably one of my life verses at this point. This has helped with my relationships, like, all across the board, like, family, friends, students, husband, son, <laughs> like, all the things, like, Ephesians uh, 6.12, for our battles not against flesh and blood, but of the authorities of the darkness ruling at this present time. Your battle is not against flesh and blood. Have compassion on others just as God has compassion for us. Discover what holy compassion God has for you and extend it to others as well. Guys, we've got to. <laughs> People are desperate. They really are. They're looking for a lot of things. And honestly, a lot of people have things that look a lot like Jesus. They look a lot like Jesus, but it just isn't it. Like, it ain't it. <laughs> They're so close. Like, what an honor it is that we can extend that compassion and just help. <laughs> Discover that holy compassion God has for you and extend it to others as well. I hope you find your shade tree. <laughs> I really do. That's my prayer. If you need help finding it. <laughs> Maybe I can look for you. I don't know. I know Ben and Adam would love to as well. So would our student leaders. Um, we're here for you guys. <sighs> All right. Love you guys. You can go ahead and go to your connection groups.